is fast approaching now. Kickoff on Thursday night as the Kansas City Chiefs, the world champion Kansas City Chiefs, host the Detroit Lions to kick off the 2023 NFL season. And this is Jonesing for football, our AFC preview edition. Bill Jones here in Dallas and young Cody Winstead in Philadelphia with the Jonesing for football logo over his right shoulder. Yes, we are set to go and we welcome all of you watching on cbsnewstexas.com. Yes, we are streaming worldwide now, young Cody. We're everywhere, Bill Jones. It's about time. We love it. Uh, we love all our new listeners and viewers, and uh, we hope we can provide some good football insight for you. And by the way, you can find us wherever you find your podcast on your cell phone. Okay. That's all I can say about that. Right, Cody? Wherever right. I got right? my cell phone. Yep. Yep. Okay. We got tons of downloads. We need even more. We love everybody. Join us on social media too, right, Bill Jones? That's how we do it. That's right. Okay. Well, tell us what our uh, Jonesing for football handle is on uh, X or as it were, if not Twitter, whatever it was. Uh, let me look it up real fast. But I <laughs> just search, search Jonesing for football and you'll come up with it. Yeah, I'm CBS 11, Bill Jones. And Cody, maybe you know what your own Twitter handle is. I do. Uh, it's Jonesing for F-Ball is the handle. And uh, Cody Wins 25 is uh, my Twitter handle. All right. Very good. All right. So we uh, in a previous episode, we previewed the NFC. And we gave you a whole bunch on the NFC East, especially because that's where our wheelhouse is, me in Dallas and Cody in Philly. Now we're going to jump into the AFC, where those world champions reside in Kansas City. And I got to tell you, Cody, there are some intriguing divisions in the AFC. No doubt about it. I love the AFC East. I think it's going to be extremely competitive. I also think the AFC North, Bill Jones, it doesn't get talked about as much as potentially the best division in football, but I think that could actually come to be the case by the end of the season. It's the a new black and blue division in football, which used to be the NFC North once upon a time. And of course, uh, things could get interesting out West as well. And how about I kick things off? Uh, we Well, we started with the NFC East. Why don't we start with what I consider to be the most intriguing division in football, the AFC East. What do you think about that? Let's get at it. How about the uh, Buffalo Bills? You want to start with them, or do you want to start with my New York Jets? What do you? Or think? do I start with my New England Patriots? Let's start from the bottom and work our way up. Okay, sure. Okay, we'll never, we're going to start with Buffalo. Buffalo. We'll start with Buffalo then. Yep. Uh, actually, Miami is is young Cody's team. It has been their team, his team in the past, because of two other quarterback, right? That's true. Tua is my guy, but this year the Jets are my team. Don't try to steal them from me either, Bill Jones. They're All right, team. here we go. Buffalo, which, by the way, now that we're into game week, Buffalo, it's the first Monday night football matchup of the week. It uh, features two AFC East teams. The Buffalo Bills play at Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. All right, you heard it here first last year at this time here on Jonesing for Football. Well, everybody else was picking the Buffalo Bills to win the Super Bowl last year. Well, almost everybody else. We said 
Not so fast, my friend, because we figured that uh, something would happen to Buffalo on their way to a Super Bowl. And sure enough, something happened to Buffalo on their way to a Super Bowl. In fact, ironically enough, it was snowy conditions, an icy field in Buffalo, of all places, that derailed the Buffalo Bills Express, them losing to the Cincinnati Bengals, who had the right kind of shoes on, apparently. Supposedly. in that divisional playoff game. All right, of course, you start with Josh Allen, and you've got as receivers Stefan Diggs, Gabe Davis, Trent Sherfield is uh, penciled in as their third receiver. I like what they did in the draft, uh, picking up Dalton Kincaid to pair with Dawson Knox at tight end. James Cook could emerge as uh, the real go-to guy at running back. Uh, I think uh, I see Cody nodding his head there at 507 yards a year ago. And their backfield mates, Damian Harris and Latavius Murray there. But I think really one of the most interesting things they did, the big loss for them on defense in the offseason, Tremaine Edmonds, who is now a member of the Chicago Bears. And this flew a little under the radar this past week after the cuts were made. And, you know, the the market is flooded with with 1,100 players who get cut from teams, including some veteran players. The Houston Texans let go Christian Kirksey and Buffalo signed Christian Kirksey. Now, and it goes under the radar because he got signed to their practice squad. Well, that just means... For now, he's on the practice squad. He'll get elevated in due time. And I think he is now the replacement for Edmonds at linebacker for this Buffalo's defense. Kirksey uh, just turned 31 years old and a veteran player. I, I think that was much needed. That was a gaping hole in their defense that they had not filled all the way through training camp. And uh, the other thing that should improve their defense this year is if they can stay healthier this year as Tredavious White, who only played in six games last year, back this year, and uh, Micah Hyde only played two games last year, back this year. They could be better on the back end. Uh, but I can understand uh, why Buffalo is the pick of many still to emerge in what will be a highly competitive AFC East. Yep, they're the front runners right now. My Jets nipping at their heels, though. The thing that sticks out to me about Buffalo is the defensive coordinator position. Leslie Frazier seems to be taking a year off, or we'll see what happens. He actually worked with NFL Network during training camp coverage. And with him as the D.C., they've had top two total defenses three out of the last four seasons. And so now head coach Sean McDermott's taken over the defense. Um, And as you kind of mentioned, they are loaded with veterans, Kirstie being one of those guys now, but Vaughn Miller, he's starting on pup, but still Greg Rousseau, Ed Oliver, Leonard Floyd, uh, Trey White, Kair Elam. They've got the safety tandem of Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. So a lot of very good proven players on that uh, Bills defense. And that's one of the storylines throughout this division is at the coordinator position uh, on several of these teams, Bill O'Brien in New England and Vic Fangio in Miami, a, a couple of those guys. So which takes me to Miami, and that might be the biggest offseason acquisition for the Dolphins. Vic Fangio is now the defensive coordinator. The big question on uh, offense, can Tua stay healthy uh, with the uh, concussion issues that 
he has had uh, in the last year or so. They did sign Mike White as a backup, keeping Skylar Thompson as a third quarterback. Uh, they Wide receiver, one of the strengths of the team, Tyreek Hill, big money spent there, big draft pick, sixth overall two years ago, Jalen Waddell. And they added Braxton Berrios as a slot receiver and return guy. And he was productive with the Jets uh, last year. Uh, as you go forward with them on their offensive line, and that's one of the keys for all these teams is the offensive line. And uh, we talked about in our previous episode on the NFC, can the Dolphins' offensive line be good enough to give time for Tua to run that offense and get it to their uh, playmakers? I know there's a couple of guys on the defense that you like, and Jalen Phillips, uh, who needs to add to his seven-sack total of last year, and it'll be interesting with Vic Fangio calling the shots on that defense, who emerges. But one of the big issues that they had in the preseason, of course, their uh, free agent or their trade acquisition, Jalen Ramsey goes down with an injury, and they quickly signed Eli Apple uh, to replace him. And then they made the trade for Kelvin Joseph. We'll see if he can find a home. He's not going to start for them and will probably just be a special teams guy. That was a move they made in the last week. Let me move on quickly to the Patriots, and then I, I, I want you to chime in on the Jets since they're your team. Thank the you. Patriots, Bill O'Brien, the offensive coordinator, can he do for Mac Jones what he has done uh, in the past? He's a well-respected offensive coordinator going back to his days with the Patriots. They added Zeke Elliott late in training camp to pair with Ramondre Stevenson at running back. Juju is now a New England Patriot to pair with Devontae Parker and Kendrick Bourne. They got a tandem at tight end and Hunter Henry and Mike Gesicki. Why are you laughing? I mean, you're reading those off with the enthusiasm like they're a bunch of star players. There's no, there's no electricity out of any of those guys. There's no chunk plays out of any of those guys you just mentioned. I just want to make sure everyone's clear on that, Bill Jones. Okay, you watch. Watch the over-under on New England. They went eight and nine last year. The over under seven and a half. Okay. Uh, they're going over that. They are no, going over. They are going over seven and a no, half. They're not. They're going right. under. Zeke is motivated. You saw the memes of Zeke and how he once looked and now he looks now. Here's the big deal with this team. And this is the calling card for Bill Belichick. It's his defense, and they return virtually everybody. They are only missing 17 starts off their defense from last year, and that would be the retirement of Devin McCourty. And they've added pieces to their defense with the first three picks in the draft and Christian Gonzalez at cornerback, Keon White on the defensive line, and Marte Mapu at linebacker as a sub-package guy at linebacker. The New England Patriots are going to surprise the Cody Winsteads of the world, and they are going over seven and a half wins. Now, you tell me, we're going to break from protocol here because you're so fired up about Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. You tell me why the Jets are going to win the division. Absolutely stacked on both sides of the ball. Let me just start and end there. Aaron Rodgers is returning to form. Maybe not MVP form, but he's going to be the old Rodgers. I love him. And they've got playmakers galore on the offense. Uh, Delvin Cook is going to be a nice insurance policy for Brees Hall, who personally I love. Garrett Wilson, after the season, is going to be one of the top five or six receivers in football. There has been questions about their offensive line. 
but I actually feel pretty good about them, especially the guys inside, Lakin Tomlinson, Connor McGovern, slash Joe Tipman, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. Those guys are solid, guard, center, guard. Uh, it looks like Dwayne Brown, Makai Becton will handle the tackle spots, but they also have some depth there. Billy Turner can come whoa, in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You said that like, like, like Makai Becton is this – Pro Bowl type player that tackle and like, oh yeah, they're no problem. Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is never gonna get any pressure from that side. Uh Mackay Becton won the job, Bill Jones. That's all I'll say. He, he which was is the subject more, of trade rumors, trade talk throughout the preseason. Which is but oh no, Mackay Becton, he is he's gonna be an all pro. Didn't say that. I say he's gonna be solid and they have depth if he's not. Let me get to this defense because they finished fourth in total defense and scoring defense last year. And what's amazing, they finished last in both of those categories in 2021. Quinnen Williams, the guy that runs everything up there, he's a monster, as we're all seeing on Hard Knocks. 12 sacks last year, uh, second most among D tackles, and their pass rushing group is one of the best in the league. Carl Lawson, John Franklin Myers, Quinton Jefferson, Jermaine Johnson, and Will McDonald is, to me, a sleeper for a defensive rookie of the year. Uh, he's had five tackles, one sack, three quarterback hits in the preseason. And so I think the Jets, who were top 10 in sacks last year, Bill Jones, probably have even more this year. Okay. And that just shows you. I just wanted to showcase for all of our listeners and viewers out there exactly what Cody Winstead can do off the cuff. Okay, he was not assigned the <laughs> New York Jets for this particular podcast. And yet I had the confidence in him to throw him the football, just like Aaron Rodgers has the confidence to throw Alan Lazard the football, and he would score a touchdown with it. And that's exactly what young Cody did there with the New York Jets. Bill Jones, this podcast is going to be about 30, 35 minutes. I could talk 30 or 35 minutes on the New York Jets alone. That's exactly right. And that's why I was hesitant to talk about them myself, because my analysis would pale in comparison to the guy who has rewatched every episode of Hard Knocks several times the last month. Not quite, but I have watched every episode. Um, all right. You ready to get to the AFC North? Uh, yes, the black and blue division. All right. Um, like I mentioned, I think it's going to end up being the best division in football. And here's why. The AFC East, the NFC East, I don't think every team in those divisions can make the playoffs. The Patriots, to me, have no shot. The Commanders, to me, have no shot. I do think every team in the AFC North has a good chance to make the postseason. Let me start with the Bengals because they are, to me, the front runner. Joe Burrow, complete stud, to me, the second best player in football behind Patrick Mahomes. I love the confidence that he brings to teams. I spent a few weeks with the Bengals last year, and everybody in that organization loves him. And I love that Joe is a cool dude. He hangs out with all the guys. He's playing cards. He's playing dominoes. And my favorite thing about him on the field, Bill Jones, he's great when the game is most importantly on the line. Really good on third downs. He's great in the fourth quarter. And so at 26 years old, Joe Burrow is going to lead these guys to a Super Bowl at some point. It's just a matter of when and how many. And the main key for Cincinnati this year is the improved offensive line. Orlando Brown 
comes over from the Chiefs. He's now the left tackle. His addition kind of solidifies the rest of that group. They've also got Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, Cordell Volson, and it also allows Jonah Williams to move from left tackle to right tackle. And this is important because Joe Burrow has been great with terrible offensive lines. Just think how good he's going to be with a great offensive line. To me, Joe Burrow is the MVP front runner right now. I think he's going to win the award. I'm just giving you that one week ahead of our uh, our award predictions. Oh, wow. I like it, and it all centers around uh, the quarterback staying healthy, which he was not healthy in the preseason, but did return. He's going to be good to go to start the season now. Yes, sir. That's the plan. The calf injury, not a big deal. Let me get to the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the key to everything there, and they're kind of putting it all on Lamar. They've given him a new contract, five years, $260 million. And I'll be interested to see how their offense flows now. There's a new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken. He comes in. He was at Georgia in the college game. And it seems like they're going to be a more spread it out, sling it around type of uh, offense. They've added Odell Beckham. They drafted a first-round wide receiver in Zay Flowers. They have Nelson Aguilar. They also have Rashad Bateman. And so instead of the traditional ground and pound, which is what Baltimore has been with Lamar and been very successful when Lamar's healthy, it seems like they're going to be a more sling it down the field uh, type of offense this year. I'm actually a little worried about that. I don't know if that really makes the most sense. To me, Lamar's skill set works best when you're using him in the run game and you're able to utilize your tight ends, man. Mark Andrews is terrific. Isaiah likely showed last year that he's a really good player too. And so I have some doubts about the Ravens' um, offense uh, this year. You know, uh, the other interesting thing for the Ravens, I'm looking at their schedule. They open with Houston this week, and they also have, have non-division a non-division game in week three against Indianapolis. You figure those are two wins and a non-division game on October 15th at Tennessee, which could be a win, okay? But those are sandwiched around three division road games. Week two, they play at Cincinnati. Week four, they play at Cleveland. And week five, they play at Pittsburgh. Even if they lost all three of those division road games, which I don't think they will, I think they'll win probably one of them, they would probably be three and three to start the season, and they have to feel good about things because they get those division games at home, all three of them in the last half of the season. I don't have any questions about the defense, though. They've got some great players there. We know Roquan Smith, Marlon Humphrey. They've added Jadavion Clowney, Patrick Queen, Marcus Williams. They've got some young guys as well. So the defense is going to be great no matter what happens with the offense. All right. How about the Steelers, Mr. Jones? Uh, Kenny Pickett is the future there. I watch a lot of Steelers games being here in Philadelphia. And I like him a lot. He's quiet in the pocket. He's not a Justin Herbert going to throw for 40 touchdowns. That's just not his style. Uh, He did have seven touchdowns, nine picks last year. But I was really impressed with how he progressed through the season. He had eight picks in October and only won the rest of the season. So my guess is Mike Tomlin said, hey, you can't turn the ball over. That's the only way we're going to lose games. And to Tomlin's credit, that's what happened. They won six of their final seven down the stretch. And in the preseason, Kenny Pickett has been terrific. 13 of 15, 199 yards, two TDs, no picks, 
perfect passer rating. So I think he's going to take a really nice step forward. And I think George Pickens is going to be his guy for the record. Uh, defensively, TJ Watt, if he plays Bill Jones, the Steelers win games. Eight and two with him, one and six without him last year. And so he's kind of that difference maker. They've also got a lot of great players over there. As you know, Cam Hayward is my my Buckeye guy, still balling at 34 years old. Alex Highsmith got paid. He's a rush end type. I really like uh, Micah Fitzpatrick on the back end. The Steelers' defense is going to be really good once again. Physical brand of football. Mike Tomlin's been doing it for so long there in Pittsburgh. And uh, I watched uh, just a little bit of Pittsburgh in the preseason. And they look really good in this preseason. But the guy that I wanted to look for was my guy Darnell Washington, the rookie tight end, who slid to the third round because he has a knee issue. And he looks healthy, and he's actually playing. I know that there are NFL teams that had him off the board. I liked him as a first-round pick just because of his mauling, blocking ability as 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 basically a sixth offensive lineman on the edge, but also he had the athleticism to make uh, plays downfield. I love that guy. Yep, I know Daniel Jeremiah loves him as well. And I heard uh, DJ say he weighs around 280 as a <laughs> tight end. I, don't, I mean, like you said, a sixth offensive lineman. He might he move fits, the offensive line. And well, he fits perfectly yeah. uh, in that whole Steeler mentality of how they play football and in the black and blue division, which leaves the Cleveland Browns for you. Yep. One of my sneaky teams. Um, I, like, I like what the uh, Browns have this year. Mostly because of the offensive line and defensive line. Jedrick Wells, Joel Batonio, uh, Ethan Posick, Wyatt Teller, Jet Conklin. They're going to be awesome in the run game, just like they always are. Top six in rush yards each of the last three seasons. And I like what they did with the defense. They bring in um, a couple good players along the D-line. Delvin Tomlinson, Zadarius Smith to go along with Miles Garrett, who is a complete monster. Jim Schwartz comes over, brings his wide nine defense. And by the way, Miles Garrett is going to have a probably a million sacks this year. Maybe two million. <laughs> you can have a lot of sacks. The Browns are a sneaky team to potentially make the playoffs. Yeah, you mentioned Miles Garrett. You mentioned TJ Watt. We've talked about Micah Parsons. The race for defensive player of the year yep. in the National Football League is going to be uh, very interesting this year. All right, you want to move on to the AFC West, my other division? Let's get it. Okay. And of course, it starts with and might end with the Kansas City Chiefs and uh, Patrick Mahomes. Very interesting. Uh, Andy Reid's preseason philosophy to play the starters. And I like it. He's fearless doing it because all it takes is one little injury to Patrick Mahomes and they got Blaine Gabbert leading the show there and they're not yeah. doing what they've done in the past. Right. Uh, but I was looking at the beginning of their uh, season and starting with this Thursday night game against the Lions and then they play at Jacksonville. Then they get Chicago at home. Then they play at Aaron Rodgers and the Jets and then they're at Minnesota and Denver, not just because they are have a really good explosive team, they're uh, set up well to start the season well. And I think Andy Reid, especially with Chris Jones holding out, uh, he felt like this team really needs to get off to a good start in September. And that's probably one of the reasons that he, he played his starters as much as he did in the in the preseason. I think they're going to be clicking from the word go. 
And, you know, obviously it's Mahomes and Kelsey, but they have to have other guys step up and at uh, receiver uh, with MVS and Kadarius Tony now there, uh, Sky Moore. Uh, they've got they've got weapons on offense, but if you've got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, uh, then they had to shore up their offensive line a little bit. As you mentioned, Orlando Brown is now uh, with the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and They've got uh, Donovan Smith, who comes over from Tampa Bay to start at left tackle. Jawan Taylor, who comes over from Jacksonville to start at right tackle. And you've got to love the interior guys with Tooney at guard and Creed Humphrey, one of the best in the game at center. They're going to be fine up front. Defensively, they added uh, King Felix out of Kansas State as an edge rusher. Felix Anaduke Uzoma. And, uh, of course, they've been missing Chris Jones during the preseason in a contract dispute and um, he's important, Bill Jones. I is, is rather important. out a way to get him on the team again. He is, he is rather important. That's right. And so that's why we are stressing the offense and scoring a lot of points. And that offense needs to be clicking to, to start the season. Moving on in the AFC West. And I'll let you fill in the gaps here as we go along the chargers. Okay. Let's go to the chargers. And you got Justin Herbert, you got a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, and you just got to love what they have for Justin Herbert to throw to with the addition of Quentin Johnston out of TCU, a rookie first-round draft pick, with Keenan Allen, the veteran, Mike Williams, the veteran. Gerald Everett had 50 catches last year at tight end. Of course, Austin Eckler, and another guy that has been in a contract dispute, we all have respect for what Austin Eckler can do, right? Both in the run game and catching the football out of the backfield. Uh, with 107 catches last year, Austin Eckler. Uh, up front on their uh, offensive line, they've got young guys. They were beset by injuries last year, but they have been uh, steadily shoring up the offensive line with the uh, drafting of Rashawn Slater and Zion Johnson the last uh, couple of years. And on defense, at all three levels of the defense, uh, they've got some guys who can uh, be a factor. You know, the Chargers are a team. They can, they have the ability to challenge Kansas City because of the quarterback with Justin Herbert there. Yep. What are your thoughts on Justin? Uh, I think he's a stud um, overall. And I, I want to say this. You mentioned uh, Kellen Moore. Really high expectations to be the Cowboys offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore had a top six scoring offense in three of the four seasons and lost his job. Man, <laughs> you got to be really good to be a coach there in Dallas, huh? Well, and you know the backstory there. Mike McCarthy wants to call a place. It's on Mike McCarthy now in Dallas. And uh, how long did it take for Kellen Moore to find a job once it was uh, announced that Mike McCarthy is going to call plays? 1.5 seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would right say when they, right when they heard he was fired, someone called him. And I would say that he landed on his feet uh, in, in L.A. with the Chargers. By the way, not only the TCU Horn Frog Quentin Johnston, but Darius Davis uh, was impressive this preseason. Uh, he can He's a return guy as well as a wide receiver, a uh, little guy who can do a lot. Shouldn't miss a beat going right into the league. The Raiders, young Cody. Since they went to the Super Bowl, what, 2002? How many winning seasons have the Raiders had in the last 20 years? It's a good question. Um, 
I don't know the answer, but I'm going to say four. You would be wrong. What is it? They have had two winning seasons. They've made the playoffs twice in the last 20 years, and both times were here in the last five or six years. But they've only had two winning seasons. They've had some 500 seasons in there. Two winning seasons since 2002 when they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Jimmy G is now the quarterback there. Of course, Josh McDaniels in his second season, uh, and it's been a massive turnover. The biggest thing that they got done in the preseason was they got Josh Jacobs uh, finally in camp uh, after the preseason games were all played. He carried the ball 340 times last year and uh, had 53 catches, so nearly 400 touches for Josh Jacobs in a time in this league where there's no such thing as one running back uh, team. Well, Josh Jacobs... Uh, is the guy that has carried the load there. Devontae Adams was supposed to hook up with uh, your guy, Derek Carr, and create what they did at Fresno State. That they reunion did in college. was short-lived, Bill Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were uh, best friends, again, for yeah. a year, and then they left. Then they split. That's right. That's right. Um, Max Crosby is their big guy on defense, and uh, he looks primed to even – do as well as he did last year with 12 and a half sacks. One of the biggest disappointments last year was Chandler Jones. And he only had four and a half sacks last year. Guy who came over from the Cardinals. Uh, I'd like to move on to Denver, though. because Yeah, the, I think you spent enough time on the Raiders. They're yeah, not even spending right. that much time. That's in, right. In, uh, I spent Vegas. too much time on the Raiders. I Correct. had to watch him for three hours um, <laughs> the other day. Sean Payton, Denver. Can he turn around Russell Wilson? If you're asking, I have no clue. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think Russell knows. I don't think Sean Payton knows. Normally, the people involved know. I don't even think they know. Do you think it was a mess that he inherited in Denver? (laughs) What do you you think Sean Payton would say? (laughs) I think he's already said the quote (laughs) quote out there. You can go read that online. All right, so what the Broncos have tried to do to get Russell Wilson righted, get his career righted, They've tried to correct what was going wrong up front on their offensive line, and thus the acquisition of Ben Powers, the former Oklahoma Sooner, to play left guard. Mike McGlinchey, the former Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, first-round draft pick of the Niners in 2018 to play right tackle. Uh, They've got Garrett Bowles, a first-round pick at left tackle. Uh, So they've done what they can up front. Yep. to give Russell Wilson time where he's not running for his life. they At wide receiver, if they can stay healthy at wide receiver, they've got some players there, but they haven't been able to stay healthy at wide receiver. I used to think that Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I mean, these guys just every year they seem to disappoint. Every year I pick them on my fantasy team. And then every year they disappoint. So I've jumped off the bandwagon. I don't even know. I do like Javante Williams, though. Yeah, Javante Williams, but he's coming off an injury also. And uh, I liked him coming out of North Carolina last year in the draft. He was the number 35 overall pick, but he only played four games. They added Samaj P. Ryan to back him up, and hopefully he is healthy for the Broncos. And uh, Marvin Mims, my guy out of Oklahoma, the rookie wide receiver, uh, should get some touches uh, this season. The Broncos on defense, the secondary, you you have to love what they've got on the back end of their defense. 
with Pat Sertan and Justin Simmons. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Simmons at, at uh, safety. You've always been a Caden Stearns fan. I like the rookie they drafted out of Boise State who had some injury issues in the sixth round as a sleeper, J.L. Skinner. He's not going to probably won't do much this year, but on down the road he could. Uh, it's a two-horse race in the AFC West, Kansas City and the Chargers. Yep. Let me finish us off here with the AFC South, uh, Bill Jones. It's a one-horse race in the AFC South. All Jags all the time. It took 25 games, but we were finally starting to see the Trevor Lawrence we all expected there in Jacksonville after being selected number one overall in 2021. Began his career winning just five of his first 25 games, but we saw a different player from November on last year going seven and three down the stretch, winning a playoff game and having the third best passer rating in the league. And now the question becomes, can he elevate to that group with Mahomes, with Burrow, with Josh Allen, or will he be kind of a tear down? Uh, I love what the Jags have done with Doug Peterson. They brought in an offensive coach, made things easier on Trevor, and they're putting some weapons around him. I think Calvin Ridley, his addition from the Falcons, is going to be very important. Uh, Christian Kirk had a nice year, Zay Jones, Travis Etienne. I drafted Evan Ingram as my tight end in fantasy. For those of you who uh, really care, probably not many. But um, I do think Trevor Lawrence this year is going to be an MVP contender. Defensively, they've got some nice players as well. Foye Aluakon led the league in uh, tackles each of the last two years. Rayshon Jenkins had 100-plus tackles. Uh, Devin Lloyd had 100-plus tackles. The Jags are building something for the future there, and I think this is the year that they kind of separate themselves from the rest of the AFC South. Because there's not much else in the AFC South, right? True. I, Bill Jones, I'm passing it off to you to talk about Luke Fortner. Are you not going to do that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just shocked that he wasn't the first guy that you mentioned on those Jacksonville Jaguars. They should have Luke Fortner just play all five positions. He would be one lineman to go to block all four uh, D linemen. Yeah. Um, to wrap up this AFC South, we can kind of group the Titans. We can group the Colts. We can kind of group the Texans all together. Um, the Colts and the Texans starting young quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson in Indy and uh, C.J. Stroud in Houston there. Both guys are going to be week one starters. Wait, they're both going to be week one starters or week one starters? <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, they are going to do it kind of opposite, right? So I was at Colts camp. Anthony Richardson is a complete freak. He's Ben Roethlisberger's size with Justin Fields' speed. And so he's going to be a lot of the run game. They need to get Jonathan Taylor back. I was at Colts camp today. Jonathan Taylor requested a trade. It was crazy. Jim Irsay was there in this like Jerry Jones type bus. And then he came out on a golf cart and there was a trade request. They need to get Jonathan Taylor back because if they do, I thought those guys could lead the league in rushing. Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor, if they're on the field. Yeah. Unfortunately, JT is going to start on pop and we'll see what happens with the trade and, and who really knows. But regardless, it's a rebuilding year in Indy. And the same goes for Houston as well. 
I watched C.J. Stroud every snap of the preseason, struggled at the beginning through a bad pick against uh, the Patriots in the first preseason game, but looked a lot better. They actually played some of the other starters, gave him some time, gave him some receivers to throw to, and he looked good. But he's going to do it through the air, uh, very accurate with his passes, as we all know. But regardless, it's still a rebuilding year for the Houston Texans, even though D'Amico Ryan's bringing some of his guys over on defense as well. Will Anderson looks like uh, he's going to be a monster and and two great building blocks going forward for me for the Texans. CJ on offense, Will on defense, and they'll just be able to add to those guys. In Tennessee, I'll be honest with you, I really have no clue what they're doing. They let a lot of veterans go. Uh, They draft a quarterback in the second round. But for some reason, they're playing Ryan Tannehill, and then they had DeAndre Hopkins. So, like, they're getting rid of a bunch of guys and then going with some veterans. I I don't really know what uh, Tennessee is doing. I mean, I trust Mike Vrabel to figure it out, but they're probably a seven- or eight-win team. But, you know, they're kind of stuck in the middle, Bill Jones. They're not good enough to contend. They're not bad enough to get a top-three draft pick. So I'm not really sure of the plan there in Tennessee. And that division – they're good enough to contend because all it takes with Jacksonville and, and we're not saying Jacksonville is Kansas city, uh, but all it takes is one injury in Jacksonville to Trevor Lawrence and sure. it's a wide open division. And so uh, you do what you can with what you have uh, in Mike Brabel's case. And he, over the course of his whole time there, they seem to have over overachieved and they do it with that run game and Derrick Henry, you know, he had, over 1,500 yards rushing again last year. Here's another one that, like Josh Jacobs, he had 349 carries last year. Those are about the two teams in the league that relied on one running back. And, uh, well, you can say Eckler with the Chargers, but he caught the ball over 100 times, you know, uh, for his touches. So I love Austin Eckler. Drafted him number one overall in my fantasy draft. Led the league in scrimmage touchdowns each of the last two seasons. Let me just keep – I'll stop dropping nuggets, Bill Jones. And you're in a PPR league, right? I am, yes. Yeah. It was either him or, or Christian McCaffrey. I went towards Austin Eckler. One, because they have a great OC, and uh, I'm, that was kind of a joke. But um, – <laughs> and, uh, and there's now a lot of competition for Austin Eckler in the backfield there. Elijah Mitchell – We'll get probably five to seven carries um, there in San Francisco. So CMC going to share a little bit there. All right. For for those of us, as we wrap this up, you mentioned fantasy football. For those of us who have our big draft tonight here as we approach Thursday night in the first game, if I have the first pick in the draft, I should take whom? I say Austin Eckler. Okay. He's good Do you to have go. the first pick, Bill Jones? I don't know yet. It hasn't been oh. determined yet. Yeah, we'll draw straws and see who gets the first pick. I'll say this. Draft Garrett Wilson. I think he is a very good value right there. And also, shockingly, George Pickens is really good value. He's like fifth or sixth round for some reason. I think George Pickens is going to be a 1,000-yard receiver. And so maybe someone you can get a little bit lower. So maybe you stack your running backs at the top. All right. I like that. And that sets the table for this. Our next podcast, our season predictions, it will be a can't miss edition of Jonesing for football. You've got something up your sleeve. I can tell. I have something up both sleeves, Bill Jones. Oh, he's just showing off his guns is what he's doing for our News Texas viewers. That too. We've been off for a month from Jonesing for football, so I've been in the gym a lot. 
But no, seriously, I do have a handful of surprise picks. I promise you, you're going to be very shocked at a okay. lot of my picks. Very good, including our Super Bowl pick for 2023. That does it for this edition of well, uh, let me let me let's end this the proper way, okay? We've got we've got a way that we're finishing off. I, have we mentioned Babe on this entire podcast yet? We have not, and that's a major mistake on my part. I can't believe we waited until after 40 minutes to do this, but we love Babe, and we know he's listening, and we know he's taking detailed notes on our uh, information. And since this was an extended version of Jonesing for Football, we also know he is worn out on that elliptical right now. And so uh, we'll have a much shorter version next time, our season predictions. But for now, thanks for joining us here for Jonesing for football.